0: This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.
1: We'll talk a little nuts, but Gordon, it's that time.
2: Yes, Larry. We, uh, it, it, we like to – I think all the shows kind of have their own mm-hmm. little fun with the bracket because brackets are fun. Yes. Uh, I know that uh, they have Drop Madness on the K-Show. Mm-hmm. Yes. I heard today that they're doing uh, the, the host sadness again on uh, D.P.H. and Rothenberg in the morning. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of toyed with some other things in the past. But this year we felt like it was the perfect time to bring back the rewatchable movie bracket. We had the Oscars last night. We yes. have the tournament coming up this week. Yes. So without any further ado, Larry, mm-hmm. we unveil the first region of our rewatchable movie bracket. Joe, give me some music.
1: Oh baby.
2: So how we're doing it this time? In the past, when we did it last time, we broke it down by regions, by uh, categories of movie: drama, comedy action movies and wildcard. this time we're going by decades but the left-hand side 70s and 80s right-hand side which will be revealed later in the week that will be 90s and uh the 2000s but mm-hmm. this is this is the older region so this is 70s and 80s movies and we'll, we'll unveil one tonight we'll unveil two thursday we're we're filling in for dan right
1: Wednesday, I think we're filling in for Dan, yes. Yeah,
2: Wednesday. Okay, so Wednesday Mm -hmm. we'll unveil two of them then, and then Thursday we'll unveil the final region. Perfect. That work? Absolutely. All right, so let's get to it. Our number one seed in our number one region, Larry, is... Mike, you don't come to Las Vegas and talk to a man like Mo Green like that. (laughs) All right, so that is actually Godfather 2. We're going with Godfather 1. Yes, mm-hmm. Godfather 1 is our number one seed in our number one region. And look, here's the thing. This is not about what the best movie. If it was the best movie, almost certainly Godfather would win. Yes. Yep. The question of the rewatch, this is you come home late at night, you get done with work, you plop down on the couch, you make your run around the channels, and you find the movie you've seen 50 times, 100 mm-hmm. times, 1,000 times. Yeah. Yeah. But you're gonna keep rewatching it. You're gonna, even though you know all the dialogue, you know all the scenes. There's nothing new to be gained from it. But Godfather, certainly a
1: great movie, but also a rewatchable. Can movie. I just jump in one second, Gordon? Yeah, go ahead. Every time I turn, it always seems to when I turn, it's at the same spot for Godfather one. It's where it's where uh, the Godfather says, "Look what they done to my boy." Oh, Sonny on Take the Causeway. Look what they done to my boy. Ah. Oh heart Every time. Always,
2: always get it right there. Always hit it there. They, they laid that trap for Sonny. He walked it right did. into it. They did. absolutely did. Uh, all right. So, Godfather, the number one seed. And we'll be taking on the number 16 seed, which is...
0: Turn around and look behind you. Again. All right. How are you? Beetle. God, okay. <laughs> uh, breakfast, orange, orange beetle, uh, beetle fruit. Beetle
2: breakfast. The no. uh, beetle drink. No. Beetle. uh...
0: <laughs> beetle juice. Yes, that's it. Name's Beetlejuice. I ah, said it twice. Just say it once more. Come on. <laughs> it was you, wasn't it? Well, me. The snake. No, what snake? You kids in your imagination.
3: Just say it.
2: All right, so there you go, Beetlejuice, the great Michael Keaton. Might not be the only time we see Michael Keaton in the field. That's right. But your first matchup, Godfather versus Beetlejuice, Larry. That's that's one you don't see very often. No, not at all. <laughs> all right, we'll move on to the number two seed. This one surprised me a little bit. The number two seed in Region 1 is... Joe Lewis was 75 years old when they
0: fought. I don't know how old he was. We got an a** with him. Joe Lewis had come out of retirement to fight Rocky Marciano. The man was 76 years old. Joe Lewis always lied about his age. He lied about his age all the time. One time, Frank Sinatra comes out here and sat down in this chair. And I said, Frank, you hang out with Joe Lewis just between me and you. How old is Joe Lewis? You know what Frank told me? He said, hey, Joe Lewis, 137 years old. 137
3: years old.
2: Of course, that is coming to America. The number two seed in Region 1. And this is interesting. You know, the tournament always says that they don't come up with these matchups and and plan it out this way. I will say the same thing. The number 15 seed.
0: You're not going to fall one. for a banana and a tailpipe. You're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe? <laughs> it should be more natural, brother. It should flow out like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe.
2: I always get a little nervous with some of these movie clips just to make oh, yeah. sure that, uh, you know, they've been properly screened, Larry, because <laughs> a couple of words in there that might get the whole thing canceled right away. Oh, dear. That would be a problem. So that coming to America, Beverly Hills Cop. Not old enough. Joe is, is, is 17 years old, so he doesn't know about Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, uh, all right, so moving on, the number three seed. This one, I think, could have some legs. The number three seed in Region One is. I figure you're here
0: to negotiate. Am I right?
3: You're amazing. You figured this all out already.
0: <laughs> hey, business is business. You use a gun, I use a fountain pen. What's the difference? put it in my terms. You're here in a hostile takeover. You grab us for some green meal, but you didn't expect some poison pill was going to be running around in the building. Am I right? Hans, Bobby, I'm your white knight.
2: Oh, yes. Ellis did not last much longer after that scene, but memorable yeah. dialogue from the number three seed Die Hard, Larry.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Good movie.
2: N- the number four... I mean, how many times have I seen Die Hard? I mean... Oh,
1: please. Uh, that's, uh, Especially
2: at Christmas time, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Running run all year long. The number 14, you talk about styles make fights. This one's a very odd one. Die Hard takes on the number 14 seed.
0: Let us all raise our glasses to our guest of honor, Miss Emily Kimberly. <sighs> Emily, we are all looking forward to having you grace us with your presence for many years to come. <laughs>
2: All right, so that, I, I don't know that I would have gotten it from that, but that yeah, is really. Tootsie, the wow. Dustin Hoffman vehicle. Yeah. It's been, uh, that's 1982, I God. think. So that's been around a long time. Diehard Hard yes. Tootsie. I don't know. I think the, Ooh. you know, the tournament, the number three seeds get upset very often. I don't know that the number three seed is going to be uh, sweating that one out too much. Uh, let's move it on here. The number four seed in this region is.
0: Nobody steps on a church in my town. One, two, three.
2: Russell! All right, so that is Ghostbus. Don't cross those streams, of course. Right. We always knew that was bad until the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they will take on the number 13 seed. I'm
4: Anita Horrigar.
0: Buck Malinoma. Molly Russell's
4: wart. <laughs> Not her
0: wart. Not her wart. I'm, I'm the wart. She's my tumor. My, my growth my uh, my pimple, I'm Uncle Wart just old Buck Wart Russell that's what they call me or uh, Melanoma Head, they'll call me that <laughs> melanoma old Head's Melanoma coming. Head
2: yes, that Sorry. is Uncle, Uncle Buck the rushes. number 14 uh, no, no, excuse me, the number 13 seed is Uncle Buck so they will be taking on Ghostbusters the number 4 seed there then the number 5 seed Larry is
3: I'm a friend of Sierra Connor
4: I was told that she's here, could I see her please no. Can't see her, she's making a statement. Where is she?
0: Look, it may take a while. I wanna wait, there's a bench over there.
3: I'll be back.
2: Oh, that's all you need to know, right? I believe that Arnold has said that phrase in every movie since Terminator. I'm sure he has. So that's a moneymaker right there. It is. And you this know who the Katsby original is. person was going to be who James Cameron originally had in mind for Terminator, for Arnold's no, who? part. Who, who? And this is, I'm not even joking. O.J. Simpson. No way. I swear to God. O.J. Yeah. Simpson was going to originally be the Terminator. Ooh. That would have led to some, we wouldn't have been allowed uh, to include it in the movie, bracket.
1: Well, no, the num- they would have pulled it. They had to remake it. Yeah. <laughs> As it turns out, yes. it
2: would have been, <laughs> been a rewrite. <laughs> The number twelve seed Larry is
3: E. T. Home. Oh.
2: E.T. phone home. Mm. E.T. phone home. E. T. phone home. He wants to call somebody. Yeah, I think <laughs> E.T.'s gonna need to phone home to get some reinforcements. <laughs> Against Arnold and the Terminator, that's a yeah, that's, that's a rough a topic. that's a rough draw. It is a rough draw. All right, so we're on to the number six seed in this region. Mm-hmm. That is Larry. It's a mystery.
1: Here it is. It's the music.
2: No, this is not the sixth seed. This is not the sixth seed. That is the seventh seed Star Wars. Uh huh. And the seventh seed Star Wars will be taking on the number ten seed.
1: What a candy bar? Look, I got a baby Ruth. Sir?
4: Uh-huh.
0: I'm gonna throw it to you, okay?
2: Uh, Caddyshack was the Princess Bride. I'm sorry, sir! Alright, so that's the number 10 seed, The Goonies. Mm-hmm. I will give you the number 6 seed is Caddyshack. Right. I mean, how many re-watches has oh, Caddyshack please. had?
1: A bunch.
2: And then the number 11 seed is The Princess Bride. Another 80s classic. Arnold, uh, uh, Andre the Giant, of course, right. was uh, yeah. a major part of The Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then finally, the number 8 verse 9 matchup. Always a very close one, Larry. Always. The eight seed is...
0: Alright, hurry it up. It's time for my coffee break. Alright, sit down. Sit down. Oh, <laughs> we just do it the Come on. Damn. Damn, this boy's hard to get a hold of. That's okay, Warren. Don't
1: worry about the soap. He's tough. Just shave him. <laughs> Dry. All right.
0: Alright. How blind are you? Can't you see
1: this guy's crazy?
2: Yes, of course, that is Rambo. And he will be taking on the number nine seed,
1: who is? Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about
0: how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done.
2: All right, and that, of course, is the great Rocky Balboa. And we're going with Rocky One. That was, I think, Rocky Four that that clip was from. But we're going with Rocky One here. So those are your seeds for Region One. Again, Godfather versus Beetlejuice. Coming to America versus Beverly Hills Cop. The three seed is Die Hard versus Tootsie. The four seed is Ghostbusters versus Uncle Buck. The five is Terminator. They'll take on E.T., the number 12. The sixth seed is Caddyshack against the number 11, Princess Bride. Seven, Star Wars. And it's the first Star Wars, the first one that came out in the 70s. Come on, we're, mm-hmm. not, we're not renaming the movies as we go along. <laughs> Star Wars, it was not Empire Strikes Back, it's Star Wars. Star Wars versus Goonies, the seven ten and then the 8-9 matchup, Rambo versus Rocky. And voting is now open on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. at, I'm sure, Larry, you've already retweeted. I already have. So you can find it on Twitter. Please vote. <laughs> Your conscience.
1: Yep. At Gordon Damer at Hardest to ESPN. And then when they get a chance, the station will retweet it at ESPN 98 underscore 7 FM. All right. So those are the uh, first brackets. So can't wait to hear what you guys think. So hit us up on Twitter. Let us know. Before we go to break, Gordon, got to tell you about the New York Islanders. You know that 50th anniversary season continues. Celebrations and giveaways all season long at their home, the UBS Arena. And ESPN New York wants to make you a part of this historic season. Enter to win two free tickets to see the Islanders face off against the Toronto Maple Leafs at home on March 21st. Just download the ESPN New York app, scroll down to contest, and submit your entry. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. Be sure to visit NewYorkIslanders.com for team tickets, news, and more. And catch every Islanders game live on the Islanders stream, heard only on the ESPN New York app. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.
1: 3s. The last one he hit, he was probably uh, just off the freeway in Frisco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he is having a half if you know. Oh, he's unbelievable. When he he is such a pure shooter. He, how do you get Gordon, Nick fans are suffering. How do you get two great shooters like that on the same team in Curry and in Thompson? Well, they got to start rounding
2: into form now because oh, the playoffs man. are not that far off. And, you know, like we talk about how wide open the West is.
1: Yeah, yeah, if really. you had
2: to put some money on it right now.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. The West is crazy. right? It is so tightly bunched up. It's, it's, it's Wheeler. It's weird. It's weird. And, of course, they're doing this against the Kevin Durant-less mm. Phoenix Suns. So they're just rolling. They are just rolling. Say it back to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Richardson, Manhattan. What's up, Richard?
3: Larry Gordon, if Brett Favre comes, you won't hear the Jets advertising on your station anymore for season tickets or tickets available for the next game or PSLs. I mean, they'll yeah. all be sold out the minute Aaron
2: Rodgers, not Brett. Aaron Rodgers,
3: right? Right. Absolutely. Aaron Rodgers comes here, right? That'll that'll right away. Every ticket in the stadium will be sold out. No, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it would certainly hey. help.
3: Oh, listen. You know, the NCAA tournament. Wouldn't it be unbelievable if Alabama won it in a year? When their football team didn't even make the final four in the playoff system, you know that. And, and, and I was just thinking, Al, you, you look back in the '70s and '80s, those traditional uh, college football powers like USC, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Georgia, Texas, LSU—none of those schools ever won in basketball. The only two football schools you can say that won it all were the two Big Ten teams. Uh, Ohio, uh, not uh, Michigan and uh, Ohio State's another school that never won it. Well, not, 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 I think they won it maybe in the early 60s, right, with Jerry Lucas mm-hmm. and Havlicek. But yep. uh, Michigan and Michigan State, right? Bayline won it with Michigan. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Izzo won it with Michigan State, right? Uh, but other than that, can you guys think of any other football powers, traditional football powers, Georgia? None of those schools ever won it. No, not usually. No. Fellas, one last thing. Mm-hmm. Every time this kind, every year that this time of year comes, of course the NCAA tournament, and I always think of Patrick Ewing. Always, first of all, Patrick was the greatest four-year college player I've ever seen. He had the greatest career four years that I've seen. He, to me, those four years at Georgetown is when the NCAA tournament really took off. The selection Sunday took off from 82 to 85, that's when college basketball became huge. You know, I go back to the 60s, and I remember Walton, of course, and Lew Alcindor, and, you know, in the old Indiana, Kentucky. Those teams were boring. Basketball was boring in those days. Uh, it, it came alive a little bit, of course, with Maravich in the late 60s, early 70s. But, you know, he never won. But when Patrick Ewing played that game against Jordan in 82 when they were both freshmen, those four years Patrick was there at Georgetown in the NCAA tournament, man, it was gold. And uh, I mean, it's just so sad and ironic now that he got fired at Georgetown. I just hope he lands somewhere, either in college or the pros, because that guy's still got to be in basketball. I don't think he comes, a, you know, he doesn't come across. To the press and to the public, well enough. Mm -hmm. You know that—that's what I think is his biggest hindrance. Alcinda was the same way. Uh, Jabbar, same Mm -hmm. way. Those guys. You know, I don't know. I guess they grew up tall and big and dominating. Maybe they didn't have those polished skills. But uh, I always think at this time of year of patrick because of what he did to college basketball i don't think we'll ever get that back again you know the way basketball is now with the kids coming out and yeah. looking their best here. but fellas always a pleasure thank you guys
1: all right richard oh. thanks for checking in you know it, it's um it's funny gordon because when you read and i read kareem then luas book years ago and he talked about the fact that he was uncomfortable because he was so tall Sure, and uh, that would he, have to be he would even thing. Gordon. He said in the book, he said he would even slouch over. His dad would always say, "Stand up straight." He would slouch over because he made, if, if he slouched over, he wasn't as tall, so that made him uncomfortable. And Patrick Ewing had, you know, his issues were well uh, documented about, you know, coming over, uh, not not having, you know, language issues and and all the different things and all the stuff that was going on, you know, all the things he went through, different. Uh, uh, racial slurs and stuff that were made, different different things that were hanging in gyms and stuff when he played. So there was a number of different things. But I'll say this to you, Richard: uh, for Georgetown to fire him, yeah, he's not going to get a job anytime soon. No, because they I were mean, just, he might be an assistant awful. someplace. He's not going to be a head coach anywhere.
2: No, right? he's not going to be a head coach.
1: That's not going to make it. He just. You, it took you him
2: know. so long to get the the, the job at Georgetown took forever for him just to get that job so I mean he was looking he wanted to be a head coach for a while yeah he he, he got to he got the chance yeah look it it always ends poorly but you're right I mean if it doesn't work out there for him if they fire him yeah he's not gonna get another head coaching job but I mean look I I think Richard's point was that he he has to be in basketball somewhere yeah somebody as great as him so hopefully that is the case
1: you know, but see, but but Gordon, that was the issue, right? Because he wasn't getting that opportunity. So the fact that he went back to, he went to college was, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, he got the opportunity with, you know, he was doing Charlotte. He was a couple of places where he was, mm-hmm. you know, helping out. So it was Orlando helping out. Oh, um, uh, I can't think of his name now. The, the one the dunk contest, Superman, Dwight uh, Howard. Ju-
2: uh, um, ha-
1: Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. He was there helping him, you know, working with him a little bit. So he 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 was able to do some things, but, you know, he always wanted to prove that he could be a head coach and, would be a head coach in the NBA, but, you know, recruitment issues or whatever it was, it just, it's, Gordon, it is hard to go home. And when you're going back to you, where you were so great and had such a fabulous career at Georgetown and, um, you know, to just, just have the issues that he had there, it, it was pretty sad to watch. Yeah, I,
2: I, I, I would think that it's also the type of thing where it's not just the coaching aspect. Mm-hmm. It's all the other things. Yeah. You just want to coach the basketball, that's one thing. But yeah. it's the recruiting. It's now the NIL yeah, deals. Yeah. It's all the, the facilities. It's all this stuff. It is.
1: Uh, it has got to be a, uh, And you've got to win to recruit oh, the players. Absolutely. If you're not winning, you're not recruiting. They don't want to come to your school. So I mean, the kids you know. that are coming out now, I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of them don't even know who Patrick Ewing is. It's true. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. We'll continue the conversation on 987 ESPN.
0: This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. On 98.7 ESPN. What's
4: going on, guys? How y'all doing? Buddha. You know, you know I love um Uncle Richard. We got to call him man, maybe Grandpa Richard, you know. He's been around for a minute. He watched a lot of basketball. He's watched a lot of sports. And I respect him as a man, respect him as a, a sports historian. But I, I, I beg to differ with one point he was saying. I mean, and nobody loved Georgetown more than me. I mean, when I sit and I look at the Big East right now, it's unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. And it breaks my heart, man. I mean, the Madison Square Garden. I mean, the weather was Pearl punching Patrick in the ribs. Or Georgetown versus St. John's. I mean, Walter Berry, the truth. I mean, I love them all to death. Patrick Ewan was a great player, but, you know, I can't compare his career to Bill Walton or Lou Alcindor. And I'll tell you somebody whose career I can't compare him to, and it pains me to say it because I couldn't stand him or the team he played for. But Christian Layton had a better college career than Patrick Ewan. Mm-hmm. And if you want to talk about which was exciting, the old days weren't exciting, the Duke days, whether you like them or not, they, 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 you know when it was Hurley, Thomas Hill, Grant Hill. You know the, that was exciting times, and Christian Leighton had a better college career than Patrick Ewing. Um, love you guys to death, but here you go again with this movie stuff. I oh mean, boy,
2: here we go. Yeah, he loves us. Here here you now guys go this. again. Go Come
4: on. Here you guys go again. Y'all got movies. I'm not going to run through the names of who y'all put in the first. I guess, I hope this movie that I'm talking about is in one of your brackets. But, like, that original Predator, I got to be honest with you, man. You know, there's very few movies that hold up storyline and special effects past 10 years. You could pop that Predator on right now. The special effects and the storyline, you know, still hold up in these modern days and times. I mean, and I know Arnold Schwarzenegger, it is not a Lawrence Olivier or any of that like that. But, I mean, some of those lines in that movie was great. I mean, like, simplified, but they were great. If it bleeds, we can kill it. I mean, get to the chopper. You understand what I'm <laughs> saying? I mean, come on, man. I mean, Mustang Sally, she's so sweet. I'm not even going to say the other boss because we on Disney. That. You understand what I'm saying? But, look. All right. Let's get to the topic that we, you know, I've been awarding. I don't know about any other Jets fans. Uh, listen, uh, he's coming. Uh, back? He's coming. Good God. I mean, come on. What is the world coming to? You know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, now, you know, after all of the days we discussed about this, I never thought he was coming. I thought he would retire. I thought he was going to go to the Packers. I thought maybe, you know, as a last resort, he would go to the Raiders. But the Jets are Aaron Rodgers' first choice. And, and uh, the, I mean Aaron Rodgers is the Jets' first choice. But for Aaron Rodgers, the Jets are a last resort. And the only reason I think he's coming is because he's got egg on his face. I mean, the Packers clearly want to move on. But what's even more telling is not another team is interested in him. <laughs> that's, listen, that's a statement within itself. You know, he he, he tried hard, you know, to get another team to to get involved in this trade. That's why he's strong. I don't care what anybody says. But nobody wants to get involved. And, you know, and and when I look at LeBron, LeBron is the kind of guy who takes immaculate care of his body, spends millions on it, trying to, you know, keep himself young, keep himself fresh. Uh, You heard what the Packers said about Aaron Rodgers last year, about, you know, which shape he came in, yada, yada, yada. But even when you look at LeBron, I mean, as much money as he spends on his body at this age, he keeps getting hurt. So, you know, when I look, I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers hates Brett Favre, right? But he's following the same plan that he did.
2: It does seem odd. No,
4: Brett Favre didn't want him to play, right? Aaron Rodgers never wanted you to get a look at Jordan Love. Uh, You know, he's going to try to play there until they force him out, right? You know what I'm saying? The same way Brett Paul did. They, they said, look, you know what? At one year, they were like, look, we don't even want you to come back. But, you know, here we are. You know, it, with Aaron Rodgers, clearly, I mean, this is the Jets' only option. Uh, I heard Jacoby Brissett. I told you guys, just fans will be sick and Baker Mayfield's on the center. Uh, even the, the 49ers were even going after him before they wanted to go or uh, try to attempt to get Rodgers. This is going to end up in a horrible thing. He's going to play the first seven or eight games, play well, going to get banged up, not going to make it through the full season. The Jets are going to be right there, right there for the playoffs, but miss. And you know what happens after the end of all this? After kissing this guy's fanny, next year, you're right back where you started from. We ain't got no quarterback. We don't know where we're going. I mean Robert Woods Sala's out. Uh they're gonna keep Joe Douglas as a sentimental figure. For some reason he has no uh responsibility in anything that's going on with the Jets. It's been all Rob Salah. And, you know, very discouraging, man. It's very discouraging. And, you know, it is what it is with the Jets. I mean, Lamar Jackson, no way we could try we could try to get him. No way. Why would we do something like that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well I tell you, Buddha, thanks for the phone call. It's uh it, it's it's a telling situation, Gordon, because you and I have spoken about it a lot, and it's clear that now with what's gone on in Baltimore, and listen, I don't know whether they're going to keep him or what they're going to do, but I I just I just if you're a Jet fan, you have to hope that at least they made the phone call to reach out to uh, Lamar Jackson and his folks, which is really Lamar Jackson, uh, to find out you know is there some interest or how much will it take to get it? How much we how much is the deal, you know? Can't does it have to be fully guaranteed? Because I begin to wonder, Gordon. I don't know that the whole league is going. I don't know if there'll be another team. Let's put it that way. I'm not sure there'll be another team to go all in fully guaranteed, as Deshaun Watson was. That's an outlier. That's that's a, a rare case. I just because that sets a dangerous precedent, and I don't know that he's going to get that. Uh, all fully guaranteed contract from anybody in the NFL. Doesn't seem
2: that way. It's not exactly like teams are lining up for it. Nope. Um, Nope. I would agree with you. You'd like to think that at least uh, uh, they have an idea, but it seems like the Jets are full bore on on plan A. And until plan A is off the board, I guess they did talk to Derek Carr. They whined and dined him, but it never Mm -hmm. really seemed like it. So maybe there's some... You know, I'm sure that they have to touch base with with other options just in mm-hmm. case things go sideways, but uh, does it concern you at all or should it concern Jet fans at all that no other team is interested?
1: Yes. Why, why isn't? Why isn't somebody else interested? Is it? And I get it. It's only half the league because they're mm-hmm. not trading him to right. the NFC. So I understand that. But there's some AFC teams that could use a quarterback. Especially him. Yeah. It's, it's
2: you know, if you're getting him, you're saying that we're close to winning.
3: Right. right?
2: You're not. If you're a rebuilding team, you're not going to go get him. No. Because mm-hmm. he's going to make a ton of money. He's 39 years old. Right. And it's kind of hard to find any team in the in the AFC. Now, the Raiders seem like a logical destination, mm-hmm. but they made it clear that they were out early on. Right. Uh, the Dolphins made it clear that they were out Early on,
1: could um, you imagine him down there with Waddle and Hill? And-
2: oh yeah, I mean clearly, but oh. you know they think that you know they're they're on the tua bandwagon and and they think and, and cost wise, uh, mm-hmm. it makes it easy to be able to afford all these other weapons, Jalen Ramsey and this guy and that guy. When when you got a quarterback on the rookie deal, the Titans seemed like a possibility, but they they were out pretty. I mean they seem like they're tearing down more than building yeah. up. Yeah. The only thing I guess you could think is that maybe if Rodgers wants some other team that he's going to have to force the Packers to release him, Mm -hmm. he gets his money, and then he's a free agent. Yeah. Yep. And and, and to Buddha's point about he hates Brett Favre, but he's following the same path as Brett Favre. Well, maybe part of it is, well, he doesn't have any other options, but also part of it is that he might be able to do what Brett Favre wasn't able to
1: do. Yeah. Might be able to win.
2: That would be... (laughs) And the Jets were, I think, were they 8-3 that year when yes. Favre got hurt? Yes. So they were they were right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it went. And even beat mm-hmm. New England. Mm-hmm.
1: Which was rare at that time. <laughs> even Let though me they ask were pretty this. good.
2: If, if it turns out tomorrow yes. Aaron Rodgers says, I'm not going to the Jets, would that be the biggest setback since Belichick bolted? Yes wouldn't be would bigger than so. Belichick, though, right?
1: It wouldn't be bigger because it's only technically one year. Mm-hmm. The, the, every time Belichick <laughs> steps oh, on the field. Hammering it. He's been averted <laughs> for 20 years. He just. It, yep. Twice and, a year, every year. And, twice a year, every year. And oh, by the way, has got a bunch of Super Bowl rings. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, yeah, that's it's, why. It's hard even, to
2: ever beat that. But you know, at the can't. time. People did not see it that way because it no. failed in in, in, in Cleveland, Cleveland, right? And it was ah, who needs him anyway? You know, that yeah. that that quickly changed. But it I would know, it would be wasn't happy. it would be that kind of level of
1: it would be, it would failure. be failure, definitely, definitely. That's what it would be. It would be it would be just it would be nightmarish and hard to come back from, because then where do you go? Uh, I don't now know. you're looking at Buddha mentioned one, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, somebody tweeted oh. it, tweeted to us Carson Wentz, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which you that would love, would oh, which you would love, Larry.
2: Larry, if that ever <laughs> happened, you would be you would be you would be flying solo until they resuscitated me. I would have to be, <laughs> I'd have to have like the thing that they put under your nose, the oxygen. They would have to they would have to sedate me for a period of time. No, there's no because way. you
1: I, because you would love it. You would oh, just I would
2: lo- I would eat it up. I'm a, you know I hate the Jets. Yeah. I, I, look, I'm I'm honest. If nothing else, I'm honest.
1: At Nat Napburner 003, Jets going Wentz if Aaron says no. Oh, there's no shot.
2: There is absolutely <laughs> zero chance that Carson Wentz is the Jets'
1: next quarterback. They'd rather start Zach Wilson.
2: Well, I don't know if I would go that far, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah,
1: basically the same boat. It's not far, not far off. Uh, Jay Blaze NYC, is it wrong to think that number 12 is the guy who got out of a long-term relationship and has to decide if he's capable of getting into a new one, follow the analogy, Jets, or maybe he just moves forward, retires, and sees what's next in life? Just saying. I don't think he's going to retire. Well, he's not retiring
2: without that money. I don't care how much money you got.
1: You can always have more. It's
2: never enough. uh, It's never enough. Who would walk away from that?
1: As Don King once said, if you can count it, you don't have enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good line. 1-800-919-3776. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.